the king. Tie in my suitcase, and we're gonna see what trouble brings. Oh, the sheep are black, so I ain't convinced. Took a trip to the smoke, and she hasn't been back since. The good thing about not being live is that you can add it later. I mean, it's all better if it's. You see the picture that Elisa and I did? Which one's that? We were pretending like we were Harry Potter characters. Oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> so much I don't fun. know a lot about Harry Potter, so well, I so there's all the references. well, there's like uh, the spell where you can make the other person's wand go out of their hand. And that's what we were doing. So I, we, I was like throwing the spoon in the air and trying to get a good shot. It was really funny. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a little bit different. I like what I loved about it was the hood thing. Cause I they're hoods. I didn't get it. Just having all the the. Like the language barrier, I don't. For me, it's like the hood and the gown and whatever. Yeah, that's but what it's, it is. It's an actual hood. But, but yeah, so then I get it. Like, oh, it's called hood because it is a hood, and it is kind of a hood. It's like right? a cloak hood. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. actually a hood. It's not meant to be worn. No, as a hood. probably back in the day, like a hundred, two hundred years ago, they were like giving cloaks with hood. Like, I'm sure that's what it actually was. I was, I was telling people what, when we were online. Like, I imagine back in the day where whenever it was like, oh, let's do business casual, and that was it. <laughs> Like that. Well, I'm sure that never happened. Circumstance around ceremony like this. These ceremonies have been around for hundreds of years. That's why the PhDs, PhDs have the the robes with the bars and the hats and the and things. Why did Bill Weld have a red? Because he went to Cornell, and Cornell's colors oh, are red and black. So he could have gotten that. black with red stripes, but he got red with black stripes. Oh. I asked him actually. So you could actually just so you buy it yourself, right? At you the could PhD just... level, I think you probably end up buying it because it's very specific for your school, and you probably wear them again and again for graduations okay. and stuff. Cool. So yeah, so it, we you know we had the long things. We, yeah. the, you don't I have those on your undergrad. Things. So the undergrad are just regular. Like so, each level oh, there's like a little bit more different. fancy changes to your regalia. So Alberto used it to store his camera. Uh, someone had a beer in there. I was like, that's awesome. And Forrest didn't realize that there were holes, so he came out with his arms in it. We're like, dude, there's arm hole, like, stick your hands through these holes. He, he came yeah, he, like, he was getting dressed at the house, and I was like, dude, he's like, what's going on? Like, oh, okay, okay. Stick your house. hands in the holes. Dude. That's, that's awesome. awesome. All right, Laura, okay. let's begin the podcast. I mean, there's nothing, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the same, but at least I've got to introduce you. So, Laura, Houston, not Houston, right? Yeah. You're going to work for McKenzie which is awesome. But the even more awesome thing is that you've been hiking the Appalachian Trail for 300 plus miles now. 341 I got to. That's awesome. So, I mean, from my end, as a business school student, now graduate, that's all I need to know to be like, wow, who's, who's locked, right? <laughs> and uh, I've been following it. It's amazing. I mean, one of the big things that I've seen is that I've seen your picture and they, they seem like they're awesome. They seem like you're having a great time. But then when I've talked to you, it's been different, right? So I'm sure you've got a lot to talk about. If you want to introduce yourself, I'm sure I missed a few things, right? So go ahead. No, I think you got it. Uh, my name's Laura. <laughs> I got that part. Uh, yeah, I got that part right. Good job. Um, yeah, moving to Atlanta sometime in the next two months okay. to start my job at McKinsey. I'm really excited and grateful for that opportunity. and. Also a little scared because I know how much work it's going to be. Um, and then the, the, I've basically been traveling for the, since January. I went to New Zealand as a study abroad oh. student where we had almost no real responsibility whatsoever. I took a class on wine and business that met two days a week for four hours, eight hours total for six weeks. And the two hours in the evening were, were tasting. So 
Yeah. So I haven't really done much since <laughs> since January. Um, but a lot of this was because I wanted as much outdoor time as I could get before I went to a job where I'd be sitting in front of a computer, um, you know, 50 to 80 hours a week. So McKinsey's everywhere, right? Yes, they are a global firm. Did you apply specifically to Atlanta? No, I actually applied to DC for my internship because okay. I'm from the Northeast and yeah, I wanted yeah. to be not in the Northeast, but a little closer to home. And they funneled me to Atlanta and every job I applied to funneled me to Atlanta. So at some point I just <laughs> so surrendered and was that? like, I don't know. You don't the know. universe wants me to move to Atlanta. So I'm surrendering. And what do you think about that? I mean, it's close enough to a little bit of mountains, right? So yeah, the North Georgia mountains are only an hour and a half away. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. Um, though I spent enough time in the North Georgia mountains to satisfy me for like a little <laughs> while. <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't like, I love the Triangle area. Like I love Raleigh-Durham, yeah, Chapel Hill, Carborough. I love it. I don't want to leave here. So I'm a little bit unsure if Atlanta is such a big city. So I'm thinking I might live in Decatur. Oh, Decatur is okay. a little bit more of a small town where I'm only 15 minutes from downtown. I don't know. I have all these big life questions I need to figure out <laughs> now that I've changed gears much more quickly than I thought I was going to have to. But Atlanta is great for consulting in that Delta, it's Delta's hub. And so because okay. I fly Monday and Thursdays, yeah. um, at least in that way, my life will be very easy in terms of getting to where I need to go for my job. Yeah, I think even for, for us uh, from Mexico, it's... it's Flying to Mexico is cheaper for them. We always get a flight. Yeah, it's pretty good. Or Houston. And there's so many of our classmates that are going to be there. Yeah. Which is fantastic. That's awesome. Um, It'll be nice. where are you from originally? I'm from the eastern end of Long Island. Oh, wow. I grew up in East Hampton. I heard somewhere that it's like an hour away from... Like, you can be in the beach, and then you could be in the forest, and just a couple of... Well, so I'm about two and a half hours from New York City. Oh, wow. Um, So I'm in this really interesting area. No, Long Island, so it's like... Oh, yeah, 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 so Long Island, yes, yes, yes. I mean, that was weird when I was in... in, in, in I'm, I'm a very, like, geographical type of guy, so I don't think about neighborhoods or that kind of thing. So I thought, when I saw Long Island, I was like, Brooklyn's in Long Island, right? It's yes. The lo- it's the lower end, it's the farthest... It's the far- It's the closest to the city. Yeah, but yeah. it's still in the island, yes. in that... If it is the island, but they don't call that the island, it's right? True. It's true. I actually north. quite don't understand why that's. It is on Long Island, but it's considered like a like a borough of New York City as opposed to like yeah. being on Long Island. But and I and, and and I think you have Queens afterwards, right? Yes, which but is also in Long Island. Honestly, I don't even know. Is that terrible? <laughs> I grew up. It was so far away from me. Like, but then you live farther, farther. No. Basically, as far east as you can get before you're in the ocean. So okay. I grew up in like a tourist town on a beach community cool. with like a lot of rich nice. people and big houses. But it's like cold. That. Water's cold. It right? is. Yeah, you can swim though. Oh wow. Yeah, cool. in like in the summer. July, August, September. All right. You can totally go swimming. So interesting. What I did want to get through to eventually is, uh, I mean, I first I want you to at some point explain what the Appalachian Trail is and yeah. how it differs from others that might be more. Uh, popular, I know that now with the movie Wild, the Pacific <laughs> Crest is like the whole thing, right? So, but um, the, I, I'm interested first and, and and before that, in when did you decide, or was this thing something you have always wanted to do? Okay, good question. So, I wouldn't say that hiking the AT is something I've always wanted to do because I don't think I knew it existed until maybe five, ten years ago. Okay, but so last summer. I was interning at McKinsey in Atlanta, and I drove up to the AT to this place called Neil's Gap, which is um, the first outfitter that you reach 
after being on the AT for like three okay. to five days. And I was on the AT and I saw the through hikers and I love the trail and I, I just, hiking is something I love to do that I rediscovered how much I love to do it living here in North Carolina because we have so much access from Carolina North and the trails that are close to going to Western North Carolina where there's big mountains. Yeah. Um, being here has allowed me to like rediscover that how much I loved hiking. So as I was rediscovering that I loved hiking, I wanted to see what I was going to do with this time that I had between ending business school and starting my job. So you already knew you were going to have a, a yeah. little bit of a buffer. I figured if I got McKinsey offer, then I would have, I could start as late as October. So I, I could take as much time as I wanted. Okay. So, and I feel like being, I'm 31. Um, and I, now on the record. Now on the record. I'm fine. I like being 31. <laughs> the 20s were like so much work. <laughs> the 30s have been so much easier than the I'm 31 too, by the way. December 28th. That's when you turned 31? Yeah. No, that's when I turned 32. Oh, I November 28th. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm a little bit young. You're a little bit younger. <laughs> Baby. <Okay. laughs> so, I think I knew... Uh, I've had so many different phases of my life. So, like, before coming to business school, I started off as an organic farmer. I was living in the Sufi community. I ran a preschool. And then... So I had this kind of interesting chapter there. Then I decided that from farming that I loved the business side more than I liked the farming side, but I still wanted to have a positive impact in the world and figured I could do so on a bigger scale if I came to business school. Kind of hence the impotence for applying to business school. But there was like a three-year transition period between closing the farm and the preschool and coming here. You know, I had to study for GMATs, I had to, you know, apply. So I worked in sales for two years for a local newspaper, and then I worked for uh, Angel Investor for a year. Um, yeah, completely random experiences, which will serve me well for consulting, which is what I knew I wanted to yeah. do. So part of why I wanted to hike the AT is that I knew that I was gonna have this time off, and I knew how rare it is to have a big chunk of time off at our age, um, and I wanted to try to make the most of it, but I wanted to be constructive, and I wanted to give myself a challenge and I wanted to be outside as much as possible. And so in my mind, it seemed like last, when I was on the AT last summer hike, doing a little day hike, it just felt like this could be an amazing thing to do to, there's a quote that someone told me on the AT. It's like, wouldn't it be terrible to die and not know what your body's physically capable of? Yeah, ah, uh, wow, I've never heard of that, but I totally agree with that. Yeah, and I've, I've the type that's always really trusted my mind like, you, I, if you give me a mental, some sort of goal for school or whatever, I, I, I might not be the best, but I can do it, you know? Where my body is something I've never really seen how far I could push it and what it would be like to be really strong and be really fit. And again, wanting to be outside and wanting, I wanted lots of reflection time to be in nature and to meditate and to try to bring this spiritual past I had and my business side and kind of put them all together into one whole person so that when I started at McKinsey and I'm being challenged to work the hours I'll be working that I felt like I had the, a good foundation upon which to be balanced. So that was yeah. kind of all my ideas for why I wanted to do it. Plus it's kind of badass and I figured it'd be fun. It is kind of badass. Yeah. One thing that I've come up with, uh, but, but this is just me and it's, it's personal, is that when I was younger, when I was uh, like a couple of years before coming to business school, I, I, I started running because anytime I couldn't bike, I would run. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine that he's right in, right, right in uh, Cary right now, working with Lenovo now, uh, and he used to run with me, and I'll always be like 10 minutes faster in the 10K than he was, until one day, that guy, he was 10 minutes faster out of the blue, 
one day from one day to the next. Ten yeah. minutes. That's huge. Yeah. I mean that the guy was they doing really, minutes. really good good a good pace in the ten K. And I and I told him what happened? And he said, Oh, by the way, I haven't told you, but I broke up with my girlfriend today. And it's interesting because uh that drove him to to be a better performer because he had something driving him yeah. to do to excel at it. And from then then on, we started doing all these adventures, and we even do, did a, a, mar- a mountain bike marathon that was like six oh. hours long. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, but he lost grip of that for for a while until he gave uh, his uh, he wanted to give um, the girl he was now dating uh, a ring. He wanted a bit to be engaged with her. But something happened that didn't work out. The ring got returned, and the guy's doing ultra marathons now. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have that fire up my ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the guy's got something pushing him like bad. Like he's yeah. he's and he's fast. He he. I think he he did a, his first trail run here. It was a marathon on trail, and he did like second or third overall. Wow. Yeah, the guy's he's he's now being looked uh, after by sponsors. He's, He's getting recognition out there. But I think it all came from somewhere, right? Something pushed him to do that. Now, either I think I'm missing something on of your past, where is it maybe you hiked before or the but but I but I think going from zero to a hundred, because you said that the, the North Forest, I've been at the North Forest and I've hiked there. Yeah. But from that and I and I and I can tell you I may have thought maybe twice about doing a long hike like that yeah. in two years. Yeah. And just dismissed it completely in a couple of minutes after being like yeah you're not gonna really do that right but so I think from from just saying or just hiking the north to going yeah. for it's a huge step it there is. must be something in the middle that I'm missing I don't know if you are I think that's just kind of my personality where so, I mean it, it wasn't like I was hiking on the flat trail in Carolina North, <laughs> and I was like I'm gonna go do the AT and I was like out the door the next day okay. I think it was kind of like a, a snowball Kind of a but fact. It, did it start from like after business school? The, the desire to hike the AT, yes, it started oh, after wow. business school. But I think if you're talking about like that internal drive to do it, or maybe you hiked before. Or I mean, I, I was outdoors. Like, so I used to farm, right? So I was outside every yeah, day, um, and I loved being outside every day. And I did hike, but like I said, business school was a weird place where hiking became my outlet for like my emotional and mental health, um, because it business school can be so stressful uh the internship process searching for it and then doing it was really stressful i needed to find something that was my happy place yeah. and so hiking became that happy place and then i tried to take my happy place and make it into yeah. a huge journey and a huge because i i like the challenge i like i, don't know, I really wanted the challenge of hiking trying to through hike the at um and even though i didn't i decided not to continue with my through hike um, I know. I think I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it, and I wanted to prove to myself that I could be kind of badass that way, and physically that I could do it, and that I learned what it was like to live in the woods all the time. And um, I don't know. It, it's an idea that evolved probably in the last year, which I guess is not. Some people have been thinking about doing the AT for their entire lives. Uh, I was not that person. Maybe That's I awesome. could have had it and had it been better. But I also <clears throat> knew that I wanted to do something really special with this little gift of time yeah. that I had. So I've been reading a little bit about it. It's uh, like 2,000, it's 2,200 miles, right? Just under, yeah. About. Yeah. And uh, 
it goes through the Appalachian Mountains. That's does. that's about the all I know. Oldest mountain range in the world. But I'm sure there's more about it that you learned that got you enamored with the idea, right? Well, so you're walking through the oldest mountain range in the world, okay. which is really nice. Um, it's, I'm, it's not as big as others, right? It's, it's not as tall anymore because they've been worn down over millennia. To so they're okay. they're still. So the Appalachian Trail is just like. Last year was 2,185.6 miles, I believe, somewhere in there. <laughs> we always have the miles like down pat, because yeah, you're always yeah. like, where am I in relation to this goal? More um, but what's really interesting as compared to like the PCT, the Pacific Coast Trail, or the Continental Divide Trail, um, is that it is very up and down. So the, when you hike the AT, if you finish, it's the equivalent of hiking up and down Mount Everest 18 times. Oh, wow, that's huge. Where the PCT, you're at higher elevations, and I think you go. I think the highest, the highest elevation I passed, which is at Clingman's Dome, which is in Tennessee, North Carolina border. It's like right on the border, which was at 65, 6,600 feet. So that's as high as you go on the AT. It's not very high in terms of elevation, right? But you're going up and down and up and down and up and down all day long. The PCT, I believe, goes much higher than that, but the grade is more gentle, and like you basically go up, then hike on the ridge line, and then go back down. So. The AT is really challenging in terms of its, um, because of that part. But it's easier in some ways because there's more trail towns. The, I think, I wish I don't remember right now how long the AT's been around, but it's, I think it's almost 100 years. Um, so there's a lot of towns along the trail that are familiar with through hiking that you can send resupply or they have stores that you can resupply. Where the PCT is, and especially the Continental Divide Trail, these are the three big American, they call it the Triple Crown if you can do all three. Oh, wow. Um, they are more remote. They um, There's less community around it. There's less people on these trails. So for me, the AT was in, I thought about the PCT because it's, the AT is beautiful, you're, but you're really going through basically deciduous forest up until New Hampshire. It kind of looks the same. And then you get to the whites of New Hampshire and you've got you know more pine forests and more like kind of snow-capped mountain sort of looking things. Where the PCT goes through the desert, it goes through the Cascades, it goes through the Sierras, you've got much more kind of majestic, epic views, which speaks to me a little bit more, but I wanted the support of having the community on the trail and the community off the trail to help me learn so, how to hike through a long distance hike. So what was the, the longest you packed for? Um, a week? Or seven days. Seven days. Seven days. The longest I went without a break was nine days. So when I started, you have to go through the Smokies and there's only one opportunity to get out of the Smokies. About halfway through you can get a ride from Clingman's Dome to Gatlinburg or Newfound Gap. Gatlinburg is like the weirdest town I've ever been in. It's basically, it's like where Dollywood is. So okay. Dolly Parton's um, theme park. Ah. It's that basically just like, a yeah, there's a theme park and it's basically just this weird tourist town that's full of like, it's got like a Ripley's Believe It or Not and like a wax museum, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's like just all tourist traps, it's all tourist traps, like it's only tourist traps. That's the thing. <laughs> um, and it has the Smokies, right? And the Smokies are an amazing amount. I think they get several million visitors. I think it is a lot of visitors. Only 9% of those visitors actually get out of their cars and walk on a path. And of that nine percent, um, only four, four and a half percent of our, of that nine percent are walking on the AT. So there's hundreds of miles of trails in the Smokies that are basically go unused, and the Smokies are gorgeous. But when you get through the Smokies, you basically leave uh, Fontana Dam. That's a trail town. Um, 
on the edge of the Smokies. There's a big dam. There's really pretty. And you have eight days to get through the AT. Like with your hiker, you have to get a pass. You pay for it. You've got eight days to get through to the other side. Um, I did it in six nights, seven days. Um, but it's tough because in the Smokies, they force you to stay in shelters or force you to camp at the shelters. You can't just camp wherever there's water because yeah. um, they're trying to keep there's a really big bear population and they're trying to keep everything under control. So that was the longest stretch I did was from Fontana Dam to Hot Springs, North Carolina without a break. So it ended up being nine or 10 days, which was long, long. And the Smokies are the highest point on the 80s in the Smokies and it's, um, it was exhausting. Yeah. I think this starts to explain a little bit about some of the preconceptions that I had about this is that most of the people wandering in the, into these kinds of situations have something behind them, either solitude that they want to get to or maybe like the ability to live without the outside world or or just sustaining with your own or, yeah. or being able to fend. But in this trail, it seems more about community and about just, just being a part of yeah. what it is to hike it, right? Yeah, I think that's actually right. I found that there was two big groups of people on the trail, right? So there were a lot of young people, so I'd say younger than me, so mid, like early 20s, so either didn't go to college or just graduated who were trying to find themselves and or run away from themselves or run away from their parents or run away from a shitty job. Um, there was a lot of avoidance I found happening in that group of people, yeah, which okay. you saw through like a lot of, like, tons of people smoking pot, acid shrooms, a lot of drinking on the trail, like kind of surprising because when you think about going out on the trail, you think about like having these spiritual connections with nature and these kids were like, thinking they were having spiritual connections, but really they were just on drugs. <laughs> I heard from uh, John Krakauer, which is the guy that wrote about uh, Into Thin Air from, yeah. uh, and, and also Into the Wild, that in terms of weight, um, uh, you can get as much marijuana or whiskey and it'll be as much entertainment as a book in terms of weight. So yes. it's, it's <laughs> so yeah. either you carry a book or you or get you uh, a little whiskey flask or something. Yeah, carry, yeah. I should say pot's probably your best bet in that term. It's a lot lighter than liquid's the heaviest thing you can carry with you. So there's that group. There's a lot of young people out there finding or avoiding themselves, right? And then you have a lot of people who are in, like in their 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, who are refinding themselves after working for 30 years in a job they didn't like, recently widowed, um, getting over cancer. Their kids are all moved out of the house. So there's a lot of people at both ends of those spectrums. There were not a lot of people in my age group and like in my stage of life, which makes sense. Found. As opposed to not. Yeah, be, like, you know, I, I'm still a work in progress, but I kind of know who I am at this yeah. point. I have a good path, and I like, I'm like, I like the job I'm going to be going to. I'm not avoiding anything anymore, uh, which is good because I did for a long time. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's good. I think it's it's terrible to do stuff for the wrong reasons, and it seems like you're doing it for all the right ones. So. I was trying. I was trying. So, like, we don't have to get into it now, but I did yeah. decide not to yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and partly because of the community, because I wasn't finding my niche within um, in those groups of people. And I, but I also couldn't get the solitude I wanted. It's a, at least at this point, the trail is really, really busy. I never wow. camped with less than a dozen people. Oh, wow. So I could have gone on and camped by myself somewhere, but there's two reasons I didn't. One, water, like usually people are camping by water and it's a pain to not camp next to a water source. And then the other would be just for safety. There's um, more bugs right near water. Yeah, but you always camp your water because you don't want to have to truck up yeah. to your campsite with water. So, and then safety. Um, there was a woman who camps this year near uh, a forest road. You should never don't don't camp near forest roads if you can help it. You don't camp near roads, but she didn't. She ended up getting raped by like four oh, wow. guys. So, 
you're just aware as a female hiking by themselves yeah. that I never ever felt unsafe, but I also try not to put myself in positions where I had to feel unsafe. So, and camping by myself felt like it could be opening up the door for an unsafe situation. But I never had less than a dozen people at my campsite. I had, some of my campsites had 40 people. That's a lot of people yeah. to be in the woods, you know? <laughs> I agree. It's a lot of people. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of, of what I was telling you the other day about Everest, right? Yeah. Being crowded. How can the forest, how can the out, the, urban, the, 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 the outdoors be crowded, right? But I think we'll eventually get there. But seems like you, you understand pretty much and you, you, you got to know these people well. Or at least I, I, I would hope you did because, because you, you're giving a really interesting profile on them. So did you have a lot of interesting conversations on the trail? Yeah, I think I had a lot of interesting was conversations. Was it one-to-one or was it mainly like in groups? Because you know how in groups sometimes, sometimes people yeah, to. I think I could have done a lot better job getting to know people. I'll say that I think I was going through my own stuff trying to like figure out if I like being here and who do I want to be on the trail and what did I want to get out of the trail. So when you're doing a lot of that internal thinking, you don't always put your best foot forward in terms of making good first impressions or getting to know people but I it's a really good mix so there was a couple different people I hiked with for like a week I hiked with you a week I hiked with this group another week I hiked with this group so I had this rotating group of like five or six people that I would get to know really well and then at the campsites I would talk to people I did not um a lot of times people are really tired at the end of the day so there's not a ton of socializing but then the socializing that was going on at the campsites were often fueled by either drinking or smoking pot and I was just like it's fine for a little while but then you just get bored of it you know yeah so like I'm a grown-up <laughs> so yeah it's some people it's still a novelty and it's way more than it actually is I've heard that it actually that changes like if I had kept going it would have gotten better because a lot of those people fall off yeah um, the trails people leave and the trail oh, and only 30% of people who start the trail finish so you'll definitely see that and, and that's what I wanted to get at but yeah. I think I'll give you some time to get yeah. to that because my my one quick one question that keeps coming up to me is that the people in the trail might be whatever they be yeah uh, but the actual trail hike the actual accomplishment of doing it remains the same yes so absolutely. so then there must be a, a reason for abandoning it that's that's also got to do with that because you were out there and, and I and I'm, I'm sure you were thinking uh, you, you were out there to do that accomplishment not necessarily to build off or to fuel from others that were on the trail right? yeah but first I wanted to get because because when you when you tell me this, I remember a couple of photographs where uh, when you were where I was following because it's awesome for me. I, I, a lot of people tell me like, oh, my Facebook feeds are full of babies or whatever. <laughs> for me, be- it's awesome because I think Facebook gets me. I only like stuff and click on stuff that I like. Yeah. So Facebook shows me what I like. It's not a big deal. Like, yeah. It doesn't show me babies because I've never hit like on a I baby. I feel like only. you and I just like outdoor porn. <laughs> yeah. So we just have like lots of like my Instagram feed is just like beautiful pictures of being outside and you take amazing photos as <laughs> Thank well. You. Yeah. Thank you. I try with this much tinier spaces that I work on with. Yeah, they're awesome. You do, your photos are fantastic. But even my wife, when I get onto my feet, she's like, oh, that's interesting. Why don't I get that? And I get a lot from from different sites, like from Neil deGrasse Tyson or whatever. And I remember seeing 
at some point or at least a couple of times you being like I gotta I want to catch up with these guys right yeah so this is the same people you're, you're talking about that weren't oh, those so there Jumanji must be I don't know exactly who they were but yeah. there must be like there, there must have been awesome experiences there are some there. really amazing people so on the trail we'd yeah. love to hear about that so yeah so Jumanji I think the picture was like two guys in the tent and they're like smiling yeah, 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 yeah. those it. guys are fantastic so there are um, uh, all walks of life on the trail and just in real life like there's some amazing people and some people you don't like and there were these two guys well there was three and then one left so it's kaleidoscope so everyone has a trail name <laughs> what was yours buddy? hot hands hot hands Hot hands. Uh, a reason for that yes uh, actually these guys gave me that trail name okay. so when we got to neil scap which i told you is that first outfitter a lot of people are changing out gear and buying stuff or charging their phones it's like the first bit of civilization you've had in like four or five days and i was someone let me their cord for the phone charger i had it the charger but let me the cord and i also bought another pair of socks because it rained so much in the first couple weeks we're out there that i wanted to have one extra pair of dry socks so i could okay. rotate out because there's really nothing worse than wearing wet well, putting wet wool socks on in the morning yeah. even if my dry socks got wet within five minutes it was just still horrible so i bought a new <laughs> pair of socks and i had you know you've got your gear kind of spread out on the little corner and someone else had so I packed up all my gear and I came back out and I was like, oh, the phone charger, this guy has been gone. I haven't seen him in three hours. He must have hiked on and forgot he left the charger. Let me catch up with him. His oh. name was Jeremy. Like, let me catch up with Jeremy. And then someone else, I saw the, the pair of socks I had bought were like right next to my pack. I was like, oh, I must have forgotten the pack. So I put them in my bag and I start hiking off and then like find out later that I actually was like the guy had gone to town to get beer so he hadn't actually left <laughs> so I had a phone charger and the socks that I had were actually someone else's like dirty socks so I had just like they just put it next to my bag by accident so I walked off with someone's socks and someone's phone charger like so I stole them so <laughs> I got the name so at camp that night Jumanji and this, this picture of those guys Jumanji, Crestavir and Kaleidoscope were like I, they when they as soon as they saw me started yelling like hi hands, hi hands so, like hence the that name was born. The trail awesome. name was born. Yeah, nothing cool or spiritual or like deep. It was like you stole shit. So, which is kind of how trail names happen. If you don't bring your own, you get named up for something stupid. And I don't think you should be bringing your own, right? No, I, I think you let the trail name you. Yeah, I think it's yeah. funnier that way. Um, I mean, I don't know if if, if kaleidoscope or whatever. Is oh, we had name me. Well, he had shorts. He had these really short shorts that had a kaleidoscope pattern, and he carried a kaleidoscope with him. Okay. Um, I don't know how Jumanji, he got his name last year, but those guys were, they were hilarious. They, so they are hilarious. your favorite bunch? Is that, is that Well, it? I didn't hike with them, because they, they were the type that were like, we didn't have the same pace, and they also like, took really long safety breaks where they would get high and then hike the trail. <laughs> they were like high the whole time, but they were bright lights on the trail okay. in terms of like their personalities they wake up in the morning and grunt out their negativity so you like hear them grunting and then they start laughing because they're so silly that they're grunting um but i really like those guys a lot i'm gonna miss them but i'll keep in touch them. we're friends on facebook and stuff like that so th th there must have been cool experiences so you 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 very rarely got to see them is that a thing well no like we'd run into each other like some days we'd be camping at the same spot every night for a week other times I'd go three days and then I'd take a day off and they'd catch up or they'd take a day off and I'd catch up. So that's the thing with the trail is it's this very like amorphous thing. People are coming and going. You might find a group. So I actually found two groups that I hiked with. So I hiked with this girl named Jupiter for, Ju I, I named trail her, name trail named Jupiter, <laughs> Ellen. I hiked with her for about five days okay. and then she decided that she wanted to hike with this. These, we were hiking with these guys that were really cool, Sundance and, uh, uh, karaoke, he changed his name, but they wanted to do more miles than I could, 
felt oh, like I could handle. So they moved ahead. Yeah, they were doing like, I wanted to do like 10, they were doing like 17. I was like, I'm not there yet. Okay. Um, then I was hiking with this uh, girl named Kamikaze and this guy named Scribe and this guy Older Dog and um, Foxfire. So this random group and I hiked with them for about a week and a half. And then kind of felt like I wanted to move on. Like still be, we still, I still saw them all the time, but hikes with this guy named Rhythm and Whizbang and Moonlight, really, like, like just cool people. Um, just that, that was the final group I hiked with that I really liked a lot. And I'm sad that I won't be hiking with them anymore. Um, and so, but that's just what happens on the trails. You kind of move between people. It's an intense experience and you're like spending all your time with a group of people. Yeah. So, you know, you either works or it doesn't, or you move on or you take a break from someone and come back to them at certain points. So. I think I also saw uh, on Facebook posts a couple of videos and pictures mm. that were repeated of the same place, which was very odd because you never did this. Yeah. But it was a pasture or something like it that. It was amazing. There it was my favorite been... night on the whole trail. All right, so I was getting to that yeah. favorite time in favorite the Favorite night on the whole trail. So there's a place called Max Patch, okay. um, and it's just incredible. So it's, it's a long, we had a long hike. This is before you get to Hot Springs. You've come to the Smokies, right? And usually when you come through something big like that, it's nice that there's a town and you can take a day off and do laundry and eat food, but you can't. You've got three three to four more days to get to Hot Springs. But we got, we left this hostel and decided to walk to Max Patch. So it was a 14 mile day coming off of a week of kind of hard hiking. And it's not an easy 14. Like it is a pretty, it was a- It's up. It, it was a lot of up. And it's also, we went from the Smokies where it was actually snowing one night oh, wow. to 85, 90 degrees and 100% humidity. So my body, I think a lot of people's bodies were just like, what did you just do to me? Like I, I was doing really good miles and then all of a sudden like I couldn't walk anymore and it was because I, I hadn't adopted to the heat. So anyway, so we started walking. I hope I got the lineage. Like I'm like, Max Patch, where is my question? So anyway, we started hiking um, and we said, okay, we're gonna get, let's, let's try to camp on top of Max Patch it's we've heard it's really pretty we've heard about it and you're hiking and it's been a really long day and I kept telling myself this mantra in my head like when I started feeling low and down I was like you're stronger than you know you are you're stronger than you know you are and I just like kept that going in my head plus I listened to like really bad dance music so the beat would keep me going um and you get to the stream and you still have three more miles to get to the top of Max Patch and there's no water up there so you actually end up I ended up carrying or probably five liters of water on me, which is liters 2.2 pounds. Yeah, no, no, I've, so, carried, I've carried three on my Camelback, so that's all it can yeah, take. Yeah, I might have had five, five liters because lot. you needed enough for cooking and enough for washing, yeah. like whatever, washing your pots out. You don't wash your body. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was kind of amazing. It was a really tough day. I was really tired and really sweaty, and I'm climbing up this last bit with just a ridiculous heavy pack that wet all this water. And you come out of the tree line and you're still pretty low, but it's just this big grassy bald. And you start climbing up and there's 360 degree views of the mountains. I mean, it was just incredible. Like the most beautiful view. You can see where we've been hiking. You can see where we're going to be hiking. And basically with like this big hiker party up there, there's probably two dozen of us that camped up there that night, watched the sunset. It was just like amazing. And then I cowboy camp since I, I camp in a hammock. Uh, when I'm out there and there's no trees in a ball but it just so happened after three weeks of shitty weather we ended up having it was 45 degrees at night no wind or almost no wind so balls can be very cold because they're very exposed yeah perfect weather I slept cowboy camping means you just sleep in your sleeping bag without anything over you and then woke up at like six o'clock in the morning to this ridiculously beautiful sunrise 
Um, it was just, it was amazing. And everyone was in such a good mood because it's so pretty. And there was trail magic. So trail magic is a thing where people, you don't, do you remember trail magic? No. Okay, so trail magic is this wonderful thing where people will bring, um, be at a road crossing or be at a part on the path where they will bring soda or food or something to give hikers. Usually a fortified food food and soda typically is what it is, or beer or whatever you want. Um, so there was a guy up there who had come up with a bunch of trail magic. He had like soda and candy and food, and we were like, you know, you're so hungry all the time. They were like, oh my God, thank you. Um, so, so trail magic's kind of bringing something from the outside, uh, a little bit of aid, right? Yeah, so it could be a ride to town. It could be... Someone charged my phone for me once, which was really nice, <laughs> you know, because there are things you can't get. Yeah. Usually it's the form of candy and fruit, because you don't get a lot of fruit or greens on the trail. Oh, I see. Um, and Coke, like caffeine and soda, because you, I don't like soda in my real life at all. Like, this is water. Um, <laughs> I don't drink soda. But on the trail, you're so calorie deprived that yeah, you just, you like, you, you just instinctually want sugar and caffeine. You're like, yes, please give me Coke as much as it is you have. So, so I think I've heard this happen before in other uh, podcasts. People go on to, and I like it, uh, go on to their favorite piece of, because uh, coming off from uh, somebody who has no idea how to go about this, uh, I know you're going to depend a lot on your gear, right? Yeah. So there must be a favorite it. piece of gear that you had throughout Oh, this. God. I liked And I it's got to be one. Yeah. I spent <laughs> so much time like researching gear and looking into gear and you know thankfully because of this job I had over the summer I had enough money to invest in good gear um, I think it was my hammock um, I learned in New Zealand that so in New Zealand I slept in a Big Agnes Fly Creek 2 tent which is a great tent um, yeah, that's an expensive one I it's not that. too bad it's super lightweight okay so but it's not the most expensive lightweight one you yeah. can get but it weighs like two pounds two and a half pounds okay which yeah is great I think mine weighs like four yeah for me it was all about weight I was like, wait, yes, so if I had the money and I could spend it, I bought something else. Two person, one person? Uh, it's technically two person, but yeah, I don't think I'd ever <laughs> sleep in there. Like, I did sleep in uh, actually that tent with another person and we were like, yeah. like this all night, you know, you can't. I tell my wife and, and other people, it's like two person, but it's got to be like partner. So otherwise. Not even like with your bag, like nothing. Yeah. Just, you put them on the ground. Though, yeah. Farther down, but yeah. I mean, and even if you really, even if with your partner, it still <laughs> would be a push. So my hammock was great. Because I don't sleep well on the ground, I find that my hips hurt a lot, my back hurts, I roll around a lot. Um, the hammock was incredible because I'd wake up and not, and I had gotten a really good night's sleep, which is so important on the trail. Sleep was the number one thing that affected how I felt on the okay. trail. If I didn't get a good night's sleep, I was really unhappy. And if I didn't eat enough calories, I'd be really happy, but sleep first. So my hammock let me sleep really well, let me set up in places that other people couldn't set up. Um, it felt like it was my home. You know for 40 days and i i really love my hammock so i'm happy to have it so i have a but, I, so i have a hennessy hammock a hennessy ultralight you also said you did some research before yes for, there must have been a piece of equipment that you were like this has got to be awesome and then didn't turn out to be or you did um, awesome research no did. no i'm trying to think of any gear that like what did i change it was hard to find the right clothes um, especially because there's chafing you're dealing with and like wear and tear. Yeah. So the clothes issue was definitely something that I like took like a month to figure out what to wear. But using the hammock had a big curve. So it wasn't like it wasn't awesome from day oh, one. It was like figuring out how to use. My biggest regret with my gear was that I got a Cuban fiber tarp, which is the really lightweight tarp. Okay. Um, 
but I would have liked to have gotten one with, right now it's just a two-sided tarp. They make it with doors, and I would have liked to have done that because it would have given me a little more safety in terms of the wind changed. I wasn't going to get wet in my hammock, which happened a couple times. And if the wind changed... Yeah, because you got a lot of bad weather going It had a lot of bad weather going into it, yeah. I was like, damn, this sucks. It sucked a lot. It rained. (laughs) Um, Finding the right shoes and the right insoles was probably my hardest thing. I remember that being a thing before. Because I... You know, I went to a doctor here and he gave me insoles that weren't right for my feet. And I went to another doctor and gave me the wrong insoles again. And they were all, I have flat feet. And so they're all trying to give me arches, but I don't need arches. Like my feet don't naturally have it. So what they were doing is putting extra pressure on my arches. And so it just damaged my feet. Um, Shoes that are, like I went to this amazing place called Outdoor 76. It's in Franklin, North Carolina. Everyone should go if they want to get fitted for shoes. I learned a lot about my feet. Ended up not liking the shoes I got from them, but then learned enough how to get the right pair. So my feet are very straight, and the Brooks that I ended up Brooks Cascadia to start with, and they are curved. And I found that that was really bothering my foot because it was forcing my foot to curve in a way it didn't really curve. Oh, okay. So it's just like that. I think footwear is probably the hardest thing to get straight. But I never got a blister. Oh wow! Which is amazing. I ended That's up in huge. Las Portivas. I've gotten. Uh, like you know, blisters from going shopping with my wife and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no blisters. Um, it's awesome. So any gear that uh, other gear that didn't really work out. I mean, I think at that, I think I, everything else I liked. <laughs> Getting the right food together is also kind of a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I imagine. But then again, under you got to really do your research to know what's going to come up in the next camp. Yeah, what, I, what's going to be available. I did there. mail drops mostly. Oh, okay. Perfect. So I had some sponsors. I have sponsors. I should probably tell them I quit. Um, <laughs> they were amazing. And so I had, I'm gluten and dairy free, which makes eating on the trail a lot more of a challenge. Oh, wow. um, Because you can't just eat Snickers bars and honey buns. And like a lot of people fuel their hike on junk food. Um, and it was really interesting hiking, learning how different foods fueled my performance. So like I appreciated sugar, like eating a Snickers bar, or eating M&Ms, going up a hill. But I could also feel very quickly like how quickly that fuel would burn out and I would just hit a wall. So you'd be like, sugar, 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 crash. And we're eating more fats or eating more proteins, like how that affected my hike. It was really interesting because we just eat now because we're hungry and because we like the way certain things taste. Hiking every day. Yeah, you don't feel it that much. Well, or you're not as conscious of how you feel it. When When you're using it to fuel, I'm sure athletes, I'm not athletic, like I'm sure athletes get this, and now I get it too, like certain foods really do fuel you in different ways so being gluten dairy free meant I couldn't eat a lot of the crap but I was grateful I couldn't eat the crap because I didn't find that fuel very efficient um so I had the sponsor so I did a lot of mail drops my mom was amazing and sent me all this food and like we bought pre-dehydrated ingredients and made our own oh wow stuff which was really cool thanks mom (laughs) being all your help (laughs) so and what I wanted to get to was uh well first of all I was curious how many people, uh, how, what percentage of people out there are sponsored? Not many. Um, so out of the, 12, the two dozens that you were seeing regularly, maybe a, you? Maybe me. And one, so one person had reached out to companies because she's taking her dog. And so she, like, and they gave oh, her gear yeah. for the dog. I think a lot of people don't realize that if you just email companies, it can't hurt to ask. Yeah. You know, I was writing, I've been writing a blog on a pretty popular AT website. And so that helped and they have a lot of views and I have a pretty decent Instagram following and I have a kind of a niche, like I am gluten dairy free, blah, blah, blah. So if you can find, if you can build up some sort of 
following and to have a niche that speaks to a certain kind of company, you can actually get, so you might not get your pack, right? If ever, if you want an Osprey pack, everyone wants an Osprey pack. There's 2,000 people on the trail, like they're not gonna give you a pack, but if you find a cottage vendor or someone who's just up and coming, if you find a food sponsor that fits with your kind of food needs, they're looking for exposure and you're and you can give them that exposure to the community so and that's part of my business like you know yeah that's kind of what i'm good at yeah i think one of the big things but in my personal experience business school kind of shied me away from that because at the beginning they were very structural about how to do go about stuff and i've never been like that before yeah and then i going later on in business school i was like fuck structure like let's do what i do normally so that's when i started making videos and all that yeah it worked but i wasn't i mean you know how they are like you got to your I know. name's gonna be here and then yeah, you're no, I, <laughs> so like I worked in sales beforehand like so you, you yeah. like just and not sales like oh give me things like I think if I see an opportunity that's good for both parties like there's no reason to at least ask like yeah. the worst that's gonna happen is someone says no and I had a boss that told me that like if you're not hearing no all like 50 times a day you're doing something wrong you know like because you that, just that's have to a good ask. one I need to yeah to apply that and it works like I was really surprised at the number of sponsors that I got and I did some social media. I, I would like to have done more. I mean, I was just getting going, but I did talked about a lot of people. People would be like, "Oh, what are you eating?" or "What is that?" And I'd be like, "Oh, this is like my Go Macro bar. Or, this is the Republic of Tea, high caffeinated tea. It's got more caffeine than your coffee, and I don't have to carry a little apparatus." Wow, that's so, a good commercial. Yeah, well, I mean, but it's like it's true, you know. Like this is what I, and it wasn't like it'd be the same way we talked about gear, right? Like. Yeah. Um, what do you have and why are you using it? And so for me, it was like, this is some food and this is how I'm using it. Because um, after a while, like eating candy all day, like it's just, yeah, it, doesn't it really hurts your body. So getting to that important question, you're going into the AT, you wanted not friendships, not people to feed like, off from. Oh, you I did. wanted to complete this because it was going to be a badass thing and it was going to be a great experience. I had like a list of 13 reasons. I have them on my phone actually. Yeah, I think I read that. What I wanted to get off out of the trail. And part of it was the community. Part of it was feeling grounded in myself. Part of it was having connection to nature. Part of it was getting over some of my self-doubts over my own body and like what it could do. And like, you know, I'm a female in an American society. We are taught to be really hard on ourselves, you know, and to not trust our bodies the way and not love our bodies the way that I think, you know, they probably meant to be trusted and loved. And I wanted to learn to be more present. Uh, I'm a good planner. Business school is all about planning for the future. And I, I like doing that stuff, but I felt like I did it to the detriment of being present, like actually present. And then part of it was that, you know, I wanted to have an experience, the challenge of it. And part of it was I wanted to feel like I had a good foundation so that when I started at McKinsey, I had um, a foundation upon which I could stay balanced. If that makes sense. Those are like a summary. So we could say community was a part of why. It was definitely part of it. Just, but not the whole thing. No, not the whole thing. No, I mean the, of, of quitting. Oh, of quitting. Um, the community was part of it. Um, part of it was that I, it turned something I love to do, hiking, and made it into a job. Oh, that's a big one. Okay. I was really kind of surprised by that because I thought like, I love being outside. This is going to be great. But it really turned it into a job. And I have a job that I like and that pays me. <laughs> um, and I was getting really discouraged. I did that slack, I did a slack pack. So slack packing is when you have, um, you don't carry your full gear with you. You do a section, like you, you leave your bag with someone in town or hotel or with someone, 
and you just bring food and water and you do a section more quickly because you don't have all your stuff on you. So I was slack packing this section into Irwin, Tennessee, and I got to the top of this beautiful bald and I was just kind of miserable. And I realized what it had done is taken something that I did for myself, that I love to do, that was good for my heart and good for my head and made it into a chore. Like, oh, you have to get to here because you need to get to this town or you need to get these certain miles uh, underneath your belt today because you need to keep getting closer to your goal. And um, I was really disheartened when I realized that I was essentially day hiking and I didn't want to be doing it. And I've never not wanted to hike before. Yeah, I think uh, I, so what I like is a lot of, uh, you know, outdoor sports, and but more like gravity oriented and like jumps and that kind of thing yeah. on the bike. And I remember once thinking, because I got a media pass to go into the World Cup that's in Wyndham, uh, New York. Cool. Yeah, so it's one of two uh, dates that is in, that it's in, in, in the whole American continent. It's usually just in Europe and South Africa. So I was like stoked on doing that because it was by the end of the internship. internship. And uh, I remember taking pictures there and, and realizing like, I would hate to be for this to be a job like because one day you might not want to wake up and just like race down the mountain at speeds that could kill you right yeah. <laughs> yeah. if it's a job you've got to do it like yeah. you can't not do it and and, and the, there's a particular thing about doing this that some people like with videos they tell me like oh why don't you do this like for a living and it's because it's, it's, it's very visual to see it, but then there's other aspects of your life. Like I like finance, I like getting onto spreadsheets, but I can't make a video of that to show you and you'd be like, yeah. oh, I love it, that, yeah. that's so awesome. So w there's, th th there is a, a part of, 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 of having these as, as hobbies, like hobbies that's, that's great yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And that if you leave them there, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, and that was a big lesson for me. So and that exact thing is like, oh, you turned something you loved and made it into something you hate. Another part of it was that um, because it was a hobby, because it, I didn't have the time to do the meditation and reflection I wanted. Um, I could have made time, but then I knew I probably wouldn't have gotten to Maine. I'm not a very fast hiker anyway. So if I took another hour or two in the day to like do what I wanted to do for like my spirituality, I would definitely not have made it to Maine. And then another part of it was that I've been traveling right now since January and I realized that I was kind of tired of living out of my backpack and I found myself daydreaming about like nesting. I'm 31 years old, like I'm at that age where I want a home and I want to nest and I want to host dinner parties and I want to be grounded in a, in a life. Um, I, this would have been a very different experience in my early 20s, like that group that I was talking about than it is now. And I just got to a point where I was like, you know, I feel actually ready and excited to start my job, but what I'm not getting is that foundation of um, balance that I was hoping for so that when I do start my job, I can fall back on it. And it became very apparent to me that I wasn't gonna get, I was gonna get something from the trail, and I got stuff from the trail, and I would've gotten more if I kept going, but I don't necessarily think it would've been the things that would've helped me be successful in my next stage of life. It would've been more like a rubber band being pulled back, right? And then it yeah. would've snapped back, and it would've just been, I think it would've been a lot harder for me to adjust to my new life um, my new chapter. If I, I kept going and kept going and kept going. Yeah, that makes so. a lot of sense. I hope so. I'm proud of what I've done. I feel confident in my decision to leave at this point. It doesn't mean I'm not going to go ever backpacking. I'll probably go camping next weekend. It's just going to be on my terms and in places that I want to go. 
um, and hopefully with people that I enjoy doing it with. Yeah, I think part of doing something genuinely is knowing that whenever you want, you can quit. So that way you're never doing it for the wrong reasons. So yeah. I, I think there's a lot of merit in realizing yeah, that and being thanks. like, stop. Yeah, but what I'm interested in now is, I mean, there's a lot of things that you gained from this. Uh, yeah. Going forward, is there something, do you have plans to, to not lose some of that? Yeah. And, and also, yeah, first talk about that. Are there's any plans you have to? Yeah, I mean, I, I just decided to stop hiking like three or four days ago. So I don't know if I've fully thought this whole thing through yet. So this will be a little bit off the cuff. Um, you know, between graduation and seeing people and staying up late, like that whole reflection time. Like I probably need to go take a walk in the woods to like process all of this. <laughs> and I haven't done that yet. Maybe I'll go to Carolina North <laughs> later today. Um, I have really liked being more active. Um, I've never been a lazy person, but I've never felt like I was athletic. And it's been really nice to see how strong it could get so quickly. So I would like to find a way to keep getting stronger. I'm not sure what that looks like with a job that has me living out of a hotel exactly. four days a week. Like I'm a little unclear, I'm a little concerned to be honest of how to make that transition into the new job, traveling toward a job. But I like getting stronger. I like seeing what I was capable of. I think there's a lot, I could get a lot stronger. Um, so that I'm really excited about. I learned that I can backpack successfully. So now there's like lots of little trips that I'd like to plan, like three or four day backpacking trips. That yeah, I everything know is I gonna feel so much. Yeah, and I could crush it. Like I would, I would love it. And there's so many beautiful places in this country that I have never, I have never been to one of the big national parks out west. Any yeah, of me them. neither. I need to go. We should go. We'll, we'll plan so, like a, we'll plan a trip. Yeah, because I think uh, all of this that you've gained, if you were just like, oh, that's that part of my life, and that's over. It would be so much lost. Yeah, there, that's. There's a lot of, of, of skills and, 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 and physical condition that you gain. Yeah. And, and confidence. Um, and off course. Which yeah. is cool. You know, I, um, like I was telling you, like, you can't see right now, but I have pink Crocs on because I don't have any real. <laughs> I don't have any clothes with me. Like, I had to go yesterday and buy non hiking clothes because I really need to wash them. Um, but living in a world where my appearance was not really important um, and what that felt like and awesome. not showering and not brushing my hair and not looking in a mirror was a, a nice change. I realized that like that helps. Um, it just helps shift something I think about how I viewed what I look like. Um, so I kind of want to keep going with that a little bit more and see where that takes me. So to, to finish this off, yeah. if you ever get another significant amount of time for oh, God, I, I, yes I will hope so yes where are you planning to go that, I'm, I'm pretty a, sure it's not going to be a, the I don't AT think I'll do the AT again <laughs> I don't know if I want to do another through hike right though there is the trail in New Zealand that goes from the top of the North Island to the bottom which of the you South already Island. did well, I've done New Zealand, but I haven't done the trail that oh, okay, trail okay. has some appeal just because it's so ridiculously beautiful um, but it's definitely going to be another trail no, I, I mean, yes, I'll hike like that's what I do with my time off, right? Like I like to camp that's and hike, it. Okay. but so I would love to road trip, and I've like I said, never seen those national parks, and I would love to go spend six months going and visiting all the national parks and camping and backpacking and doing stuff like that. So yes, it's still backpacking and camping and hiking, but probably to a less extreme degree. Um, Let's hope you're not there when you're 80 or something. Oh, probably. I'll That'd 60 be awesome. with with that group of people, and then well, you'll fit in. Yeah, then I'll probably fit in back in again. <laughs> I also like haven't done much of Europe either. Like, I'd love to take my mom to see where her family's from in Italy. I'd love oh, to cool. take my dad to Ireland, see where his family's from. But if I had a big chunk of time, I'm either road tripping or I'm 
Yeah, I'm probably backpacking somewhere, but not as extreme as like a, you know, 2200 mile commitment to get. Yeah, I think uh, I think in general, and, I, and it ha this happened to my wife uh, before. Um, she was uh, doing, she was training for the marathon, and she wanted to do the the whole marathon. She didn't get there, but she went from not running at all to doing a 24k, and faster than I did. So I was like, "You're totally missing out on the thing that you you." So you did a 24k, and you're fast. So yeah, it's the same thing that I think you can get off get out from this. I mean. Even though you're not doing the whole trail, you really hike more than 300. Yeah. That's huge. It feels that way. And I was really grateful to come back here. Well, just because graduation was so special and I, I missed the people so much and I missed the area. But I was really surprised. So you probably experienced this is that we're at that reception and people are introducing you to their families. Yeah. And what they're really doing is bragging about you to their families. Like, that's what I experienced was like, oh, here, you want to meet Laura? Like, she got into McGinsey, which was like the hardest internship she should get. And she just hiked the AT for like 300 miles and she's stopping. But that's OK, because that's really cool that she did it. And I was so touched and blown away by the support I got from my classmates and people I didn't even know who knew what I was doing that were like proud of what I had accomplished and were like totally supportive of me stopping where I was stopping because and that kind of gave me the confidence to say, OK, I'm actually had enough, um, which was really cool. Yeah, I think some of us feel more uh, proud about being in a program with people like you and well, like you or Arnie, and, and I'm thinking like, oh my god, am I really like graduating from the same program as yeah, these people? Yeah, but I feel so the same way about you. About my parents, I'm like, hey guys, look, I'm in the program with these guys. That uh, must be either something rubbed off on me. And no, because <laughs> no, you're awesome. Like the thing is, I think that was so cool about our program is that everyone is so unique and yeah. so doing such amazing things professionally and personally that we're proud like I am proud to be in that class with all with you and like all the amazing people we've gone to and it was nice to see everyone kind of feel that same way and to recognize it and um, and I'm grateful for all the support I got with my choice to go on the trail and then when I was out there and then my decision to stop like every almost everyone has been incredible in in terms of and I I don't think I could have done any any of it without my confidence being important so well, that's Thank it for the flower. podcast. Thank you. The Bomber Media Podcast. You guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I want you to get a job with Patagonia or North Coast so I can work for you. <laughs>